Good morning and welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael. I'm very thankful that you're here today. What I'm going to teach you today is a secret that was found in the life of King David. This one secret has the potential to totally change the course of your life. So I want you to stick around to the very end of this live stream. You do not want to miss this today. Give this video a thumbs up and put down in the comments where you're watching from. I know we have people that watch in South Africa, in Australia, in England. We have people everywhere watching these live streams. And I like to know where you're watching from. It's good to see you, Brooke. Good to see you, Amber. Good to see you, all of our usuals. We're very thankful for you to join us today. What I'm going to teach you today changed my life. <laughs> Ezekiel said, Alabama. That's exactly how they talk. Good to see you in Lafayette and Ohio. Man, I love it. Ireland. We got people that watch from all over. Good morning, John. Nigeria. Woo! You guys are awesome. Uganda. Nashville. This is great. I could, I could call everybody out, but it'd take me the whole live stream. What I'm going to teach you today about the life of King David is the most powerful lesson you will learn this week, if not this year. It is about spiritual strength. It's about victory. It's about how you never have to live another day defeated in this life. I want someone to type in the comments for me. I am more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. The difference between being a conqueror and being more than a conqueror is that a man goes to war, wins a battle, and he's a conqueror. He's conquered the battle. But his wife and his kids that are at home that didn't even have to fight the battle they are more than conquerors because the husband fought the battle, won the war. The family didn't even have to sweat, didn't have to lift a finger, yet they still receive the victory. The Bible calls us more than conquerors in Christ. Jesus fought the victory. Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus shed his blood, took 39 lashings on his back, died, went into the lowest parts of the earth, took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, rose again victorious over death, and raised us together with him, seated in heavenly places. He deposited in us a spirit of victory, made us more than conquerors, where we didn't have to do a thing, we just by faith have to receive what was accomplished on the death, burial, resurrection, and cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are more than a conqueror. So when you get a hold of this today, it'll totally change your mindset and the way that you operate in life. I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. The secret to what King David had is going to be revealed today. You know, King David, not only was he the wealthiest king before Solomon, but he was the most victorious champion. At a young age, he knew his covenant with God, fought Goliath, slayed a giant that the armies of Israel were terrified of. It says for 40 days, Goliath stood on the other side of the valley called Ella, and he taunted the armies of Israel. Where is your God? Where is your champion? What are you going to do? I dare you to come out here and fight me. And one young man with a spirit of faith. Somebody type in the comments, David had a spirit of faith. He knew his covenant with God. He had a spirit of faith. He believed what was spoken by God. And he spoke out against the giant. He said, who is this dirty, knotted-headed, 
uncircumcised Philistine that taunts the armies of Israel? Does he not know that we have a covenant with God, that there's no weapon that's formed against us that can prosper? Does he not know that if God be for us, no man can be against us? And he rose up against that giant and slayed Goliath. What David had is called a spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. It's a spirit that gets inside of you by the Holy Spirit that makes you victorious in every circumstance. It makes you be able to wrestle a lion and a bear with your bare hands. David said it makes you want to run at a troop and leap over a wall. That there's a spirit that's imparted to you by the Holy Spirit that makes you realize that you are not able to be conquered or defeated. One song says it this way, I'm a stranger to defeat. When you have a spirit of faith, you become a stranger to defeat. You win every victory. Every victory. Listen to this. The spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says this. Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Somebody type that in the comments. God always causes me to triumph. It doesn't mean that you're going to win some battles in life. Some battles you're going to lose. You're going to have mountains and you're going to have valleys. You're going to have times of abundance and times of lack. No, the Bible says God gives us a spirit of faith that causes us to always triumph in every situation. We always triumph in every situation. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ and through us reveals the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. The Bible says we've been baptized into Christ and that we are now the sweet aroma of Christ in the earth. Did you know that a spirit of faith is a sweet fragrance to God? When God sees someone that operates in a spirit of faith, it gets his attention. And he says, I like that person. Smith Wigglesworth said, God will pass over a million people to get to one person that has a spirit of faith. One person that will just believe God. One person that will just step out on the aching void with nothing under their feet but the word of God. I believe by the end of this live stream, that will be your reality in Jesus' name. Every giant that rears its ugly head at you, you'll take it out with one stone. Every wall that's like Jericho will come tumbling down in your life. Every troop that lines up in front of you, you'll run at them head force, headstrong, ready to go all in. And you'll conquer every situation in Jesus' mighty name. So go to Psalm chapter 116 in the Old Testament. Good morning, Tay. Psalm 116. The 116th Psalm. Verse 10. This is from David. He said, I believed and I have spoken. I believe and I have spoken. And he said, I am greatly afflicted. So in David's affliction, he said, I believe and therefore I have spoken. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13. Actually, we're going to start in verse seven. Listen to this. We'll start in verse seven. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels 
The Bible calls the spirit of faith a heavenly treasure. Did you know that when you acknowledge, recognize, and receive impartation of a spirit of faith, that you have been deposited with a heavenly treasure? What that means is it's sacred unto God. If you don't take a spirit of faith appropriately, if you don't respect teaching on a spirit of faith, if you don't respect someone that carries the spirit of faith, God will not allow his pearls to be cast among swine. So the moment that you think, ah, he's teaching on faith, he's teaching on a spirit of faith, I've heard this, I've heard the best people talk. I'm, I listen to Brother Hagen eight hours a day. I listen to Pastor Hankins 14 hours a day. And then in the, in the rest of my day, I listen to Pastor Stan Pody. Those are the best three people that could ever teach on a spirit of faith. I know everything that there is to know about a spirit of faith. The moment that that's your mindset, the moment that you don't have childlike faith toward a spirit of faith, God will allow your eyes to remain blind. And you'll never receive from a spirit of faith. Because God calls it a heavenly treasure in earthen vessels. The spirit of faith is heavenly treasure. Meaning it's more rich than silver and gold. It's more valuable than all the rubies, all the emeralds. Anything you could get in this life, the spirit of faith is the most valuable of all of it. What it means is when you have a spirit of faith, you could be dropped in a desert. You could be dropped in a third world country and give it a year, two years, three years maybe. That entire country will be flipped upside down, prospering more than it ever has in its life because you have a heavenly treasure inside of you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The excellency of power being from God and not from ourselves. The spirit of faith carries the excellency of of God's power. Verse 8, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, yet not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And always carrying around in the body the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, that also the life of Jesus Christ might be expressed in our bodies. For we live, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that also the life of Jesus might be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith. As it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. So we believe, and therefore we speak. This is what you need to know, the supernatural secret behind David. It's not that trials and tribulation didn't come David's way. The secret behind David and his victory was even when it seemed like everything was going wrong. What Paul said, when it seemed like they were troubled on every side, even though they were troubled, they were not distressed. Even though they were perplexed, they were not in despair. And even though they were persecuted, they were not forsaken because they had a spirit of faith. Even when it seems like trouble is on every side, when you have a spirit of faith, you always come out on top. A spirit of faith never looks at natural circumstance. It never looks at what's in front of you. It looks at what the word of God says. It looks at the substance of hope that is in you and brings it into this reality with your believing and with your speaking. A spirit of faith doesn't allow circumstance to hold it back in life. A spirit of faith is the spirit that always triumphs in Christ. Somebody type in the comments, I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of faith. 
One thing you'll realize about a lot of people that are always going to deliverance meetings, they're always going to, they're basically going from one revival to another revival to another revival to another revival, is they never produce anything. And now don't get me wrong, I love revivals. I go to revivals. I host revival. But if you're always having to go from meeting to meeting to receive a touch from God, and you're not producing anything, it means that you lack a spirit of faith. The spirit of faith will cause you to do exploits in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what a spirit of faith does. If, you're in, if you haven't produced anything, if you've been sitting under teaching of the word of God for the last three, four, five years and you haven't produced anything, it means you haven't truly caught the spirit of faith. A lot of people, they just believe the word of God. They just speak and they're like, all right, I got a spirit of faith. I'll believe it and I'm speaking. Ah, that's not all there is to it. The spirit of faith produces exploits. Daniel said, those that know their God do exploits in his name. When you know that you've received a spirit of faith, it's impossible not to produce for the kingdom of God. Not to produce miracles, signs, wonders, revival, build churches, plant ministries, produce disciples. When you really have a spirit of faith, it produces. It doesn't just consume, it produces. Somebody type that in the comments. The spirit of faith produces. It produces health. It produces wealth. And it produces kingdom advancement. A spirit of faith produces the advancement of God's kingdom. The father of our faith being Abraham. With the spirit of faith, you receive the blessings of Abraham. So everything in Genesis 12 that was promised to Abraham, everything in Deuteronomy 28, everything in Malachi 3, all the promises that are in the Abrahamic covenant that according to Galatians 3 have now been put into us because we are sons of our father Abraham in the faith, through faith in Jesus Christ, we produce that result with the spirit of faith. So your spirit of faith causes you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Blessed coming in and blessed going out. Go with me to Deuteronomy 28, and I'm going to show you what, the, what a spirit of faith produces. A spirit of faith produces victory. What do we need victory over? Well, we've received not only natural victory, but spiritual victory. When sin came into the earth, it manifested itself through more sin, through sickness, through disease, and through poverty. Thank you, Jorge, for your giving. Isn't it crazy when you start speaking about a spirit of faith? People just start getting, they start feeling in their spirit to give. It's just how it works. So when sin came into the world, it produced more sin. It produced sickness. It produced disease. And it produced poverty. So a spirit of faith reverses all of that because that's what Jesus did when he took the curse of the law. For, cursed is, for it is written, cursed is anyone that is hung on a tree. The spirit of faith reverses all of that. It gets rid of sickness. It gets rid of disease. 
it gets rid of sin and it gets rid of poverty. Somebody type in the comments, I'm not cursed, I'm blessed. So many people, they go to these meetings and they say, brother, I've got a generational curse. It's been running in my family since BC even. I'm telling you, one of the fallen angels came down, slept with a woman 4,000 years ago, and I'm pretty sure that generational curse has moved its way down the lineage and is now in my life. You'll get stuff like that all the time, which is, I mean, I get it. Generational curses are a real thing. There are curses. But there's no curse that can withstand what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus gave you the power and the victory to break out of generational curse and create generational blessing. You can choose two paths in life, Moses wrote in Deuteronomy 30. You can either have generational blessing where you're blessed, your children are blessed, your grandchildren are blessed, your great-grandchildren are blessed, and you can create generational blessing like Abraham did with Isaac and Jacob. Or you can have generational cursing. And you can go from generational curse to generational curse. Alcohol can be passed down. Addiction can be passed down. Sexual immorality can be passed down. All the curse you can choose. I choose generational blessing. And this is what it looks like. This is what a spirit of faith produces. This is the secret that passed down generational faith and blessing from David to Solomon all the way down to the root of Jesse. This is the lineage that we belong to. Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 1. Listen to this. We're going to go through all 14 verses. Stick with me here. Now it will be, if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. It didn't say it could be. It didn't say it might be. It, it didn't say it would be. It said it will be. Now it will be. I think the King James Version says, and it shall come to pass. There is no doubt. This is a spiritual guarantee written in the contract of God's word. It will be. It is guaranteed. Somebody type in the comments, it's guaranteed. It will be. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I am commanding you today, then the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Did you know that God's will for your life is for you to operate even more powerfully than a nation? There's nations out there that don't have $100 million in the bank. There's nations out there that don't have mansions. There's nations out there that don't have private jets. But there's men of God in this life and in this country that have more than nations have. Because they've followed the word of God. God's will is for you to be high above the nations of the earth. That the nations look at you and say, wow, I want to serve their God. Verse 2, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. If you listen to the voice of the Lord thy God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Meaning anywhere you go, you will be blessed. Your offspring will be blessed, and the produce of your ground, and the offspring of your livestock, and the increase of your herd, and the flocks of your sheep. Your basket, your kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in, and you'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command his blessing on you. Not just like, oh yeah, they're, they're my child. Here's some blessing. No. He will go out of his way to command his blessing on you. He'll say, hey, angels, see that person? 
They're obeying my voice. They're obeying my word. I command my blessing to come upon their life. I command angels of provision. I command angels of healing. I command angels of favor to go before them. Angels of mercy and goodness to follow them all the days of their life. God will command his blessing on you. In your barns and in all that you set your hand to. Meaning in your storehouses, your bank account, your investments, and everything you put your hand to. Hallelujah. It's impossible to fail when God's blessing is commanded on your life. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you. If you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Type that in the comments. It's contingent. The Bible is not just a book of covenant. It's not just a book of promises. The Bible is a book of contingencies. The word if is used over 330 times in the Bible. Meaning, these promises are contingent on your cooperation with God. God is saying in his word, if you'll hold up your end, I'll hold up my end. And I'm telling you, by experience, you want to hold up your end. When God blesses you, it is so big, it is so extreme, it is so obvious, it is so massive and abundant and overflowing that it is impossible for people not to notice. It's impossible for you not to notice. When God blesses you, it is so big, it makes the wicked angry. They gnash their teeth at you, say, they, wow! You'll see, they'll they'll want to repent. Atheists will want to get saved because of the blessing on your life when you live in obedience to God. Verse 10, all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord your God. (laughs) All the people, atheists, Satanists, everybody will be like, ah, I can't touch them. I can't, they, the God they serve is the real God. Remember Daniel, when he got thrown into the lion's den, Daniel had a spirit of faith. The king came to Daniel and said, Daniel, Is the Lord your God, the one that you pray to day and night, did he save you from the lion's den? And he did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king said, wow, Nebuchadnezzar, there's a fourth in the fire. And they came out not even smelling like smoke. I prophesy in Jesus' name, 2023 will be a year that even if you go through fire, you will will be coming out not smelling like smoke. It'll be the greatest year you've ever had. There will be no weapon formed against you that'll prosper. There will be no weight in your life that's not shaken off and thrown to the side. God will move you up to be the head and not the tail as you obey his voice and his word in Jesus' name. All the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. The Lord will make you overflow in prosperity. (laughs) Anyone that has an issue with that word has a lot of explaining to do. The Lord will make you overflow. Verse 11, Deuteronomy 28, 11. The Lord will make you overflow in prosperity. The Hebrew word for prosperity is material wealth and abundance. Ha ha. In the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your livestock and in the produce of your ground and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you, the Lord will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens, give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. Somebody type this in the comments. God blesses the work of my hands, not the thoughts of my head. 
God blesses the work of my hands, not the thoughts of my head. A lot of people think they can just get the word in them. They can just believe and speak and not put their hand to anything. Uh Uh-uh. The Bible says prosperity comes to the diligent hand. So you must have a diligent hand for prosperity to come to you. God blesses the work of your hands, not the thoughts of your head. Now, when the thoughts leave your head and they're put into your hands and you get to work, God blesses the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You are meant to be the lender, not the borrower. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will only be above and you will not be beneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today to observe and do them, also you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I am commanding you today, to the right hand or to the left, to other gods to serve them. God's word is true. And David's secret was he had a spirit of faith. David knew that whatever he put his hand to would prosper, for God was with him. David knew that even if his enemies came against him one way, They would flee from him seven different ways. David knew that as he was a giver, as he was a worshiper, as he was a warrior, God blessed his generosity. God blessed his worship. God blessed every battle that he went into. And he came out victorious with a spirit of faith in every circumstance and every situation. Thanks be unto God who causes us always to triumph in Christ Jesus. There is no giant, no trap, no fiery dart, no weapon formed against you in 2023 that will ever prosper in Jesus' mighty name. As you lift up the shield of faith, it will quench every fiery dart of the devil. As you operate in a spirit of faith, you will be unstoppable and God will make you the head and not the tail to give glory to Jesus Christ. And I believe that's going to be your reality in Jesus' mighty name. The secret to David and his life was that he had a spirit of faith. David commanded his mighty men to do three things. Number one, now I want you to know this. David was in the cave of Adullam. So David, anointed king, was not yet king. So he had a promise on his life from God. You're going to be the king of Israel. You're going to be blessed. You're going to prosper. You'll be the greatest king to ever reign in Israel. So he has this promise in life given to him by God. But yet he's in a cave with no money, no support, no partners, nothing. He's sitting in a cave. David did not just wait for this promise to come to pass. He got to work. And there were 400 people called David's mighty men. 400 people that knew David that came and joined him in the cave of Adullam. And he taught them the ways of God. He taught them the ways of the spirit of faith. And the Bible says all the men that came to him were distressed, discontent, and in debt. There's a lot of people watching me right now. You are distressed, you're discontent, and you might even be in debt. So were all 400 of these people that came to David. They were all distressed, discontent, and in debt. But David taught them these three things that took them out of their distress, out of their discontent, and out of their debt. He taught them, number one, how to be worshipers, how to worship God, how to praise God, how to dance before the Lord, how to give God glory. He taught them the ways of God. Number two, David taught them how to be warriors. 
He said, first you worship God. This is how you praise the Lord and this is how you honor God. Number two, this is how you fight for God. This is a spirit of faith. This is how I took down Goliath. This is how I slayed ten thousands. So he taught them worshiping and a spirit of faith, how to be a warrior for God. And then number three, David taught them how to be givers, how to be generous. He taught these 400 people that came to him how to be worshipers, how to be warriors, and how to be givers. How to give extravagantly. When Solomon, when David was told that Solomon was going to build the temple by God, he told all 400 of them, he said, this is what I've decided to do. I've decided to give $1.5 billion out of my own personal account. What are you going to do? And 50 of David's men decided to give as well. And all of those men together gave something over like $4 billion. I don't know the exact numbers with inflation and everything. You'd have to recalculate it. But it was a lot of money. He taught them how to be generous. How to set your affection on the things of God. And in a matter of chapters... Those people that were connected to King David were no longer distressed, they were no longer discontent, and they were no longer in debt. He taught them how to worship their way out of any situation, how to fight their way out of any situation, and how to give their way out of any situation. These three things are coming upon your life today in Jesus' mighty name. There will be nothing that can stand in your way, and you will do all the will of God. I believe you were blessed today by this. This is the supernatural secret of King David. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for supernatural miracles to happen in your life. Before I pray for you, I want to give you an opportunity to partner with us. Just like David's mighty men did. I want to encourage you and even challenge you today. To connect your finances to the kingdom of God. Are you in debt? Are you distressed? Are you discontent? While I just taught you how to worship, I just taught you how to fight the good fight of faith. Today you can act on your faith and you can connect your finances to what God is doing in this ministry and how God is reaching Generation Z. And as you give in a spirit of faith, the Bible guarantees you that it will come back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men will give generously into your bosom. Currently, we're feeding 1,500 kids each and every single month in other countries. This is a handwritten letter by them that they send to us often, thanking us for your giving through an organization called Feed the Hungry. They preach the gospel to every kid that they feed. So not only are these kids being fed that can't feed themselves, but they're also getting saved, and we're going to see them one day in heaven. We are reaching hundreds of millions of people by the grace of God in this generation. I have a heart to see Generation Z lit on fire for the Lord Jesus. And I believe that you can partner with me and you can help me. The different ways that you can help me are on your screen financially by partnering with us. And as you give, I'm going to pray in agreement with you for whatever you're believing for. And as we pray together, I believe whatever you desire will be given to you in Jesus' mighty name. And connecting your finances to the kingdom of God is the best thing you can do.
we're currently upgrading our studio. Uh, we've got a, a new background, so a new like projector, very nice projector. We're putting about $30,000 into the studio, and I believe people are going to help us to do that. I believe 30 people are going to sow a seed of $1,000 or more to help us do that, and then other people are going to give uh, how they're led by the Holy Spirit. But you can join us and help us to upgrade our studio. Like I said, we're putting 30 grand into it because I want us, by the end of 2023, I want us to have the number one most engaged and most excellent studio on the internet. We are currently the biggest Christian platform, individual solo Christian platform uh, on YouTube. And I want us to stay that way. I want it to be excellent. I want us to continue to reach tons of people with the gospel. And the way that you can help me is by connecting your finances to this ministry. All right, let me pray for you. Before I pray, the different ways that you can give are on your screen. Cash app, dollar sign, Revival Way. Venmo, at Revival Way. PayPal, at Revival Way. Or you can give through our website, RevivalWay.com, and you can click Partner Financially Today. There's going to be a link in the chat for you right now. You can click that link. It'll take you right to our giving. If you're not already a financial partner with this ministry, I ask you to pray and ask the Lord if he would have you become a partner. Some people can give $1,000 a month. Some people can give $500 a month. Other people give $100 a month. Other people give $50 a month. Most people spend like over $100 a month on Taco Bell and Starbucks. But I believe that the people that, that watch this channel are generous. And I believe if God's speaking to you today that he's encouraging you to become a monthly partner with us. I'm believing for a thousand monthly partners by the end of 2023 at $84 or more a month to advance us into a seven-figure ministry, to be able to give more, reach more, and do more in the name of the gospel. So you can connect with us financially through the ways I just spoke to you about. You can also give through Super Chat. And we are very, very thankful for your giving ahead of time. A great man of God once told me, when you take offerings for your ministry, to tell people the promise, or the purpose, and then the promise. So number one, our purpose here with Revival Way Ministries is to reach Generation Z with the gospel. I want to see 200 million people say that they made a personal decision to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior because of this ministry. I also want to see Generation Z not left out to dry and have everybody think that they're just a bunch of 12-year-olds twerking on the internet. I won't allow my generation to go to hell. So that's our purpose here. Generation Z shall be saved. The promise is that God guarantees to bless you over and above exceeding abundantly more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine when you connect your finances to what he's doing in the earth. So that's your promise. When you tie yourself to this ministry, you are connecting yourself to the grace of God on this ministry. And you will never regret that in Jesus' name. That's funny, Amber. Yeah, I've had tons of practice. <laughs> Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I ask every person that gives under the sound of my voice today that angels would go before them, angels of favor and supernatural provision, to bring in their harvest. I touch an agreement for whatever they're believing for. As you've blessed me, the same grace 
that has operated in my life. May the same God that supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory be the same God that provides all of their needs according to your riches and glory. The same way you've shown yourself strong in my life, would you show yourself strong in their life? In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. You know, I want to share two quick testimonies with you because these blessed me. I remember last year a woman needed a promotion in her job. And uh, I'm going to share this. I haven't shared this side of the story before. But there's some people that give, but they stop giving once God blesses them. This woman needed a promotion. She needed a, a big harvest. So she contacted me. She said, I'm sowing $1,000 into your ministry, and I'm going to believe God for a promotion at my, at my job. So she sends $1,000 into the ministry. I joined in prayer with her. Three days later, within a week, she contacts me again and says, you're not going to believe this. God answered my prayer. My boss just called me and said he's given me a $10,000 raise. And every year after this, he's going to continue to give me promotions and raises. So the first time she sowed big seed, God showed up strong on her behalf. Well, she still gives, but she doesn't give even close to how she was giving when she gave that big seed. She still gives sporadically every once in a while. It'll, it'll happen. She'll give. And I'm not saying this to like shame her. So if she sees this, I'm not saying this to like put her down. But this is a common thing that happens with a lot of people. God shows up, blesses them when they're desperate. And then they, their giving just stays the same. Did you know that as your giving increases, your living increases? If you give big and God blesses you, don't stop giving big because you got your breakthrough. Keep giving big and you'll keep giving or you'll keep getting big breakthroughs. That's a secret that I've learned. And it's a thing that many people fall into. It's a trap. There was another woman. Very similar story. She gave to this ministry. I think she had like $200 in her bank account. That's right, John. She had like $200 in her bank account. She gave to our ministry because she needed a new car. And like I've taught so many times before, if it's in your hand and it's not big enough to meet your need, it's your seed. Wow. Sorry. Sometimes you can, you can block that and take it off the chat. Sometimes you get comments in your chat that'll just uh, make your head spin. <laughs> so this woman had like $200 in her bank account. And as you can tell, like as I tell these stories, I'm not desperate for money. God takes very good care of this ministry. Like I, I do not lack. I'm not even close to lacking. Uh, I, yeah, I live in supernatural abundance. So when I tell you these stories, I'm not telling you these stories to like get you to cough up all your money. No, I, God is my source. People are not my source. I tell you these stories to inspire you, to get you to give in faith so that you can believe God for mighty harvest. So this woman gives her last $200 that's in her bank account. And she says, I'm believing for a mighty harvest. I need a new car. Two days later, she sends in another offering. This one is $400. A few days later, she sends in another offering. It's like $800. And she keeps giving. And I was like, I thought she gave everything she had. So I reach out to her and I said, hey, I've noticed that you've been given a lot of big seeds lately. Like, what's happening? And she said, well, you're not going to believe this. 
When I gave that $200, two days later, somebody came up to me and gave me $600. So I gave 400. And then two days after that, someone comes up to me again at church and gives me $800. So I gave 600 and she just keeps telling me about all of these like crazy supernatural blessings that are coming into her life because of her sowing and her reaping. And uh, long story short, <laughs> Brandon Bradford said, he is stealing your money. Look, Brandon, most people, I'm not even going to say, I'll be nice. But you can block him. You can get rid of him. I'll be, I'll be nice because I'm trying to explain to people. The definition of stealing would be for me to come, tie you up, duct tape your mouth, and take everything in your wallet. Now, I could do that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, isolated. That'd be a terrible isolated clip. <laughs> but I'm telling you this because that woman was giving big amounts. And then I didn't hear from her for like six months. She gets her car. And then we don't like, she doesn't jump on my live streams. She doesn't give anymore, which I don't like, I don't care. I just want to see her blessed. I don't hear from her for like six months. She shows back up and she needs another breakthrough. So she starts giving to my ministry again because it's good soil. It is. We're winning souls like crazy. This is good soil. This is the place to get your breakthrough. That's funny. People heard your laugh. Um, this is, I mean, you can get breakthrough in this soil. So she comes back like six months later. I need a breakthrough. She starts giving to the ministry again, gets another breakthrough, and then boom, disappears. I haven't heard from her since. I'm telling you this because I don't want you to be that person. You can live in perpetual increase. I've seen it. I'm living in it. This time next year, I'll be flying private to my meetings. That's my confession. That's what I'm believing for. That's the level that we're going to. Because I refuse to be someone that just like scoots along and lives in their one breakthrough for a couple of months and then has to go to another breakthrough. No, I'm moving up and up. I'm going from glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength. I will never be held back because I have a spirit of faith. So I tell you those stories to inspire you and encourage you and get you stirred up. When you give big, you receive big in Jesus' name. Well, I love you, and I bless you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's kind of all I have. Praise the Lord. I already prayed for you. Every person that sows today, I believe you'll get exactly what you're believing for. I really do believe it. I speak it, I prophesy it, I declare. According to God's word, believe you have received, and it will be yours. In Jesus' mighty name. I love you. I bless you. And I will see you tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. You do not want to miss tomorrow morning's uh, live stream. It's going to be, you thought today was good? Tomorrow is going to rock your socks. Glory to God. All right. I'll see you in the morning. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're gonna train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't put it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I'm waiting for your call.